Good morning. Uh, this morning's scripture reading is from the Gospel of John, chapter 15, verses 9 through 17. Uh, it can be found on page 878 of the Pew Bible. Uh, this was a passage uh, spoken by Jesus to his disciples uh, just before the Passion, just before the uh, end of his life, when he is giving them a final list of instructions how to conduct themselves and, to, and how to live their lives. And this is what he says. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. I have said these things to you so that my joy may be with you and that your joy may be complete. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I do not call you servants any longer because the servant does not know what the master is doing. But I have called you friends because I have made known to you everything that I have heard from my father. You did not choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you to go and bear fruit. Fruit that will last so that the Father will give you whatever you ask Him in my name. I am giving you these commands so that you may love one another. Thus sends the reading of today's gospel. Let's be in a spirit of prayer together. Let us pray. Oh God, take us away and, and give us some space this day for new ways of thinking and maybe living our lives. Give us a little space this morning to clear away the cobwebs, to lay down our distractions and anxieties, and listen for a word that can comfort, that can bother that can transform. Help us to clear out some space this day to make space for you, God, that our lives might be full and rich and meaningful. Amen. And from that text that Frank just shared, and Jesus said, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for, one, for one's friends. And you are my friends if you do what I command you. I have called you friends. 776 friends. 776. Is it really possible to have that many friends well, if you're on the social media platform Facebook like I am, 
like two billion other folks are globally, more than a quarter of the world's population, it is achievable to claim that large number of friends, as I do, I suppose. 776 people whom Facebook at least names as my friends. It is kind of odd how Facebook has changed somewhat our understanding of what it means to be called a friend. It's even introduced new verbs into our language, to be friended, as invited to follow someone on Facebook, and to be unfriended, as to drop someone from that digital community if you no longer want them in your circle of cyber connections. And here's the thing. Facebook actually allows you to have 5,000 friends, (laughs) as if that's possible. But I'm not so sure that's what it really means to have a friend to be a friend. What do you think? Because there is the title of friend, but for me, friend is not so much about what we are called or named as what we do, what we do for and with another soul in this life. To be a friend is to somehow show with our behavior, our actions, our love for another person for one who may not be bound to us by blood or familial ties or a family tree. As the old saw goes, you can pick your friends, but you cannot pick your family. To be a friend means we do for others and they do for us, not out of obligation or responsibility, but more important, out of unconditional love. So I've always used a somewhat simple formula to determine who my real friends are. Can I call them for a ride to the airport? (laughs) Or when I am moving from one place to another, especially when I was younger, will they be there and show up to help me lug heavy boxes and oversized sofas up the stairs and out of the moving van? Or if it is 2 a.m. in the morning and my car breaks down in some lonely place and I desperately need someone to come and pick me up, it's only a true friend that I will call. And I have to say that not many folks from that list of 776 friends on Facebook qualify. So maybe that's what it means to have a friend and to be a friend that someone is just there for us, there for us, dependable and faithful, even especially when it's not so easy, especially when most of our other friends cannot be depended upon to show up. But then there is she or he who is always there, a friend who always comes through, through thick, through thin, through all of it. Maybe that's what a friend is. What do you think? I remember the night of the calling hours at the funeral home the evening before my father's memorial service nine summers ago. For several hours, my siblings and mom and I stood in a receiving line, shaking hands, listening as folks, many of them, my dear dad's old friends, shared with us memories and stories and sadness I was deeply touched by their presence, but what really broke my heart wide open that night and made me weep was to see my oldest friend Craig 
and his wife Heather show up at the door and then walk through the line to give me a quiet and heartfelt hug. I've known Craig for 42 years. We met at summer church camp. We ran church youth groups together. We were roommates when we were in our 20s and dead broke. And even now, even though now we only see each other once every few years, I know in the deepest part of my soul that he is and he will always be my friend. My friend. Maybe that's what it means to have a friend, to be a friend, that someone, some God-picked soul, is a witness to our one life, not just for months or years, but for decades, a generation, even longer. That to be a friend, to claim a true friend, means that we will walk with someone through it all, deaths and births, illness and health, suffering and joy, everything. What do you think? In this, our summer of love, this day we will think about and talk about and pray about and seek to be grateful to God for the love that marks our friendships, our friendships, the precious and rare folks in this life whom we call friend. In the ancient Greek, the word for this is philia, philia. Think of Philadelphia as in the city of brotherly love. And philia means just that, the love that one friend shares with and for another. It's love not marked by family or birth or romantic love, but instead by the love someone chooses, freely chooses, to have for us and us for them. It is not necessarily the love of a spouse or a sibling or a parent, though I do know many folks who claim family as friends, And I also know many who do not. But I think one of the keys for naming and understanding this kind of love, this quality of love, is that it is always marked by a deep intimacy, a connection, mystical, spiritual, that binds us one to another. Or as Aristotle described philia, friendship is a single soul dwelling in two bodies. Friendship, philia, is what Jesus talks about in that passage we heard from the Gospel of John this morning. As Frank said, this monologue by Jesus happens the night before his arrest, trial, and death. And so, in a way, it is his final charge to the women, men, and children who have followed him for his three years of public ministry. It is his final, last lecture, if you will. He's not got much time left, and so he declares that he no longer will call them servants, or students of God, or followers of God, but instead he now calls them his friends. His friends, especially if and when they love each other as Christ has loved them. And that the greatest love one can have for another friend is to actually lay down your life, to sacrifice your one life for a friend. Maybe that is what marks and differentiates God-given philia friendship love from other human definitions of friendships. From friendships that are somehow quid pro quo. You do this for me, and I will do this for you. Or friendships in the digital age that do not call for anything more than the click of a mouse 
and a like on Facebook. Or friendships of what I might call convenience or location or time. Friendships that burst forth and flourish, but only for a while, that have a shelf life, that go away when circumstances change or we change. You know, when I turned 50, I actually made the decision that going forward, I would seek to only invest in friendships that really nurtured me and brought me joy, that were truly mutual. I even ended a few friendships then that just no longer worked. That was hard to do, but necessary. Life is so short. Are we supposed to stay in a friendship just because it's what we've always done? I don't think so. What do you think? Maybe what marks God-blessed and given friendships is sacrifice. Sacrifice, giving to and for another friend sacrificially, not counting the cost, giving until it hurts, and then even more, giving and sitting bedside as a friend struggles with cancer, giving and calling a friend every single day because they need our help, and sticking to that commitment, even especially when it is a pain or inconvenient, giving not to get, but giving to give, giving to love. Maybe sacrifice is at the heart of filial love. What do you think? This is what I know. I cannot imagine my life without friends. Friends who have my back and best interests in mind. Friends who are there for me no matter what. Friends who have and are and will witness to my one life, maybe even to the very end and then beyond. Friends who freely choose to be my friend, not out of guilt or tired commitment, but because of sheer joy. Friends given to me by God, by Jesus, who also calls me and calls you friend. So thank you, God, for friends, for philia, for love. Let all God's friends say, Amen. Our middle hymn can be found on the insert. It is What a Friend We Have in Jesus. And be warned, it's set to a different tune. <laughs>